to be successful over any period of time, just like staying fit, you have to do work. And most of the work is boring and it's repetitive. And it's not about tricks and windfalls and home runs. It's about showing up every day and doing the little things unreasonably well for a really long period of time. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey, Matt, what's up? That was like an extreme clap in my ear today. You're ready to go. Jesus. Don't mess around. (laughs) And action. If you guys don't see that, we clap as our action is our little... And what's that thing called? The clip for action. The director something. The I don't clicker. Know. I don't know. No, it's not. It's like a board. You, anyway, we're full retard, so never go. Never go there. God. <laughs> I can't. I don't think I can say that anymore. No. We're not completely with it this morning. So Monday. It it's crazy Monday. We Rick was have. up till 1230 on Saturday. He's That's really right. tired. It takes me a whole week to recover. I'm old. Okay. Got it. But anyway, good to, good to see everybody. Good to have Matt back in the studio. We were laughing that Matt's microphone wasn't turned on, which doesn't really matter typically in the podcast. <laughs> and I told him it's really never been on. He's sort of a background voice. So anyway, like a backup singer. You know, you got to know your role and you got to be a team player. So you ready to start? Yeah. Did you know? So my did you know was, did you know, and I didn't even look this up. I just remember I thought it was weird. Did you know that they the Navy heard the implosion of that submarine on Sunday and they did they didn't tell us until Thursday? Did you know that? The Navy heard that submarine implode? They did. I mean, they've got listening devices all over the place. You know, my, I, like, I sound like I have inside information because my kid is a officer on a nuclear submarine and it's like super top secret. Believe me when I tell you, he doesn't tell me anything, but it was literally just common knowledge that the Navy has listening devices all around and they know what's what. And I know that they have some really advanced ways to listen to what's going on. And they did hear the implosion of the submarine on Sunday. And yet, all week you saw the articles like counting down the hours of air that they have left or whatever. And they already knew that it imploded. So it was either they told the families. Well, exactly. It's well, no, I don't think so. So I think it's either they were not 100% sure. I think the Navy was hundred percent sure, but maybe like coast guards, like, okay, but we haven't seen any debris. Like we need more evidence than this, even though the Navy might be like, well, you don't cause they're confident in it. Or I don't know. I don't know why else they wouldn't tell us until Thursday, but anyway, that's uh Interesting facts. So they did hear it implode on Sunday, and then for four more days, they were counting down the oxygen, all the salacious headlines and stuff. So, Jeez. I know. Well, since we're on that, did you know that when we went and, like, was it James Cameron went down to the Titanic? Yeah. Yes. That the the mission was really a military mission to go find, like, nuclear subs from the war? Really? Yeah. No kidding. They, they, that's how they had their way around it, made it look like they were doing something else. Really? Yeah. I heard that on the news and, you know, everything on the news is true, but yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would really, at some point, I'm never going to get this out of my kid, but I'd love to sit down and just really ask him what the heck they're doing out there because there's only 13 of them and they're super top secret and he's privy to all kinds of, he's got like the top, top clearance in the government and it's like, I have no idea what he's doing and he, rightly so, doesn't tell me anything because it would probably come out on the podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't tell tell anybody. You wouldn't? No. I'm a good secret keeper if it's like a real secret. I literally tell you something. I hear you say it in the next office over. Well, only say it as my idea because I like <laughs> to steal your ideas because I want to sound smart. But I don't like I tell your secrets. Yeah. Like the one thing you told me, I'll never tell anybody. That's so embarrassing for you. <laughs> <laughs> the thing. Oh, my God. Plus, what you, were, you were at camp. You were away at camp. It happens. <laughs> All right. What are we Same talking deal. about today? You know what we're going to talk about? 
It's a, it's a relatively simple subject, but it was just an observation. And it's the, the parallels between fitness, being fit or striving to be fit and running a business and or being an entrepreneur, one and the same thing. I came up with three. So if you're fit, you're going to be a better entrepreneur? Not necessarily, speaking. not necessarily, but there's traits that both, I think there's traits that can be learned from each that cross over, but you have to physically cross them over, if that makes sense. You have to connect the dots because, and we'll talk about that a little bit too. So I just have three. So the three common traits between both fitness and entrepreneurship or business ownership, number one would be delayed gratification. So you're willing to wait to see the results? Exactly. And, you know, when you look at that through the lens of the simplest lens, I think everyone would understand would be from a fitness standpoint, like you have to pay the piper and you have to do a certain amount of work, you know, strength training, cardio, you can't eat like a complete jerk. I mean, all the things you need to do, but it is delayed, you know, and that's one thing that makes the fitness industry interesting is that we're selling something that's not instantaneous. It's everybody knows they need it. And there's not a smidge of science anywhere that doesn't agree that exercise consistently and eating a little better isn't healthy for you in all regards, mentally, physically, everything. That being said, it's not instantaneous. So it's not like a a pill or a, you know, again, it's not like buying something and you walk out and you've got it in your hands, a tangible thing. You're basically buying a promise of future results. And between now and then there's going to be a four letter word, which is work that has to be done to get to bridge that gap. And in some ways you just have to know through either science or empirical evidence or just logic that if I do these things, so if we're using exercise, if I move more, if I do strength training, if I don't eat like a complete crazy person, I will be in a healthier place in one month, six months, one year, five years, whatever those things are, right? I think it's very similar in business. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I just overlooking at fitness in general, I mean, I think the yeah, we'll get through other points, but like, you know, typically speaking, somebody who's in really good shape is willing to put the work in <laughs> to see the results down the road, right? Right. And there are, and when you see somebody that's in really good shape, you're actually seeing the end results. It's almost like seeing somebody successful and, you know, you just assume that it's always been that way or that they got some breaks and they may have, you know, or they had some luck or they've got some secret knowledge that you don't have. And typically, if you hang out in those circles and you get to know other successful people, that's not the case at all. It's sort of like, hey, if that person's fit, you may say they had great genetics or they're on performance enhancing drugs or whatever kind of things you want to throw up there that tell you that that's the reason that you're not. But the fact is, even with all that, they still have to show up regularly to a workout of some sort, whether they're running marathons or you know lifting weights or whatever their goals are. You have to regularly show up and you don't get the instant gratification from those type of things. It comes later. So when you're seeing somebody who's fit, they've already put the work in, right? And then it's easy to look at them and say, oh, yeah, but, right? Same thing with successful people in business. It's like you just assume that there's some deep, deep, dark secret that they they're hiding lucky. from you. <laughs> yeah, they got lucky. They got family money. They, yeah. they, they, they hit the market at the right time. Some of those things may be true, but the fact is to be successful over any period of time, just like staying fit, you have to do work. And most of the work is boring and it's repetitive and it's not about tricks and windfalls and home runs. It's about showing up every day and doing the little things unreasonably well for a really long period of time. And if you do that, it's almost, it's not guaranteed success, but it's certainly a, a better shot at it than if you don't or if you're scattershot. 
right? Yeah. Nobody sees the journey. It's like the image everybody puts up everywhere. The it's guys like the iceberg. Up. Yeah, yeah. Nobody ever Tip sees. Tip of the iceberg. You don't <laughs> see and you've seen the graphics. Like, here's the success. Yeah. The massive part of the iceberg under the water is the hard work, the stress, the, all the things, right? Well, it's like where we are. Like, we didn't, you know, necessarily plan this from the beginning, but like, you know, amount of stuff and trials and tribulations to get where we are today. Yeah, 30 years. over the past 30 years, past three years. I mean, nobody knows all this stuff behind the scenes. Right. It just looks like we're just selling franchises like hotcakes, but it's like, it's, it's a lot of work to do it. And they're, you know, again, it's like, it's like 150 podcasts. <laughs> it's at least how much I time I got to put in on this. I know. <laughs> Maddie says, what are we doing? <laughs> but yeah, so delayed gratification, I think is one. I think if you're able to practice that, that will obviously lend itself to like putting in work to reach a fitness goal. It also means there's going to be a lot of work that you need to put in from a business perspective before you're going to see the fruits of your labor. And you have to trust that the things that you're doing are going to get you there and those behaviors so that you'll continue to do them when you aren't seeing results, which you're not going to immediately. Sure. I want to like, you know, there's always this, this day and age people kind of thing, or it's like nobody ever has instant gratification. Would you, and there's probably a study somewhere. Would you say there's more or less entrepreneurs now than there were, you know, 10 years ago, 15, 20. Yeah. It depends on your definition of entrepreneur. (laughs) I would certainly say that it would seem outside looking in as if there's more, right? Right. But a lot of them are selling you on like the word passive income. Like these are eight streams of completely passive income. There's no one that's been successful that would agree with that. There's nothing that's passive. It's just not, right? Kind of like in franchising when you semi-absentee ownership. What does that mean? It means like, well, you may not have to work in the gym every day or in your studio or in your hamburger business, whatever you're doing. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to have to do something. Like how would you expect to get return on investment and never do anything? Sales sell the vacation you don't sell the plane ride over that's true it's to sell the smile not the braces right yeah same kind of idea but that being said there's there has work that has to be done so i think that certainly entrepreneurship is is glorified in this day and age and the work that is needed to become a successful entrepreneur is probably understated i will i will just say that do you agree yeah 100 and if you look at somebody who's in shape you can tell it's just you know seems silly but you can kind of tell they're willing to put in the work right now, so that that's a good segue to the second one, which is discipline. So you have to have discipline to do the work because, again, delayed gratification is one thing. But if you're getting up and doing a certain amount of things every day when you don't feel like doing them and you don't see the always the end game right away, you know you're headed in the right direction. But maybe it's not completely clear as where you're going to end up yet. Um, you need discipline because, like, you know, we was let's just use fitness like. It's exactly the same. Like, I want to be motivated. I need someone to motivate me. And I'm air quoting for those of you guys that aren't watching. It's like, well, there is no such thing as motivation. The motivation comes from the self-efficacy that's built by doing the thing that you promised to yourself that you would do. And then you become that person, right? And then it, it's just stacking habits. It's, we talk about this all the time. This is kind of the way you built our whole system. It's like, start exercising first. Then you say to yourself, okay, I've had the discipline to show up to the gym three days a week. I've never been able to do that. So like now when the person that shows up to the gym three days a week, you see yourself as a different person, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, now you have a skill set that you didn't have before. You're literally, your identity is somewhat shifted of yourself, which is the most important identity. Mm-hmm. Then you say, okay, what is the person that goes to the gym three days a week? What did they choose for lunch? It used to be pizza or burgers. Now it might be a salad or chicken or whatever that may be. And then, man, it just compounds. And then, okay, so the person that exercises three days a week and never misses and now eats a healthy lunch, do they have a pint of ice cream before bed or do they maybe forego that with these goals out there, right? So it's a slow, steady process to the point of the delayed gratification. But those things don't happen 
from out external motivation, right? It's like you, the only way to get motivated is to do the thing and doing the thing creates the motivation. It's not the other way around. And I think that's confusing for some people. But it's, you, I think what most people see is that sexy, fun excitement, whether you're working out or not, right? Like people look at you, right? Like, what do you do in the gym? You'd be like, I do pretty much the same thing all the time. It's very boring, right? But you're able to have the diligence to do the boring thing every single day. Right. Hence getting results. And that's what well, and people, people always ask me and you too, like, hey, do you like to work out? I'm like, no, I, I actually don't like it. Now, I don't, I do it. It's just part of who I am. And I do it because the end results are a better brain, a healthier body, more longevity, more juice for, for my team, for my family. Like, that's why I do it. I don't love going into the gym and killing myself. I don't, but I know the benefits are, are too great. And mm -hmm. I've just ingrained habit. It's like, I also don't love flossing my teeth, but I do it because I don't want my teeth to fall out. Right. Same kind of idea. And so the more that the discipline drives that, then the motivation and the behavior comes behind the discipline, not the other way around. It's the exact same thing in business. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, but the discipline to do the boring things. I mean, like every one, every week I have, like I, there's things I repeat every single week. There's things I just have. I've been making programs for the last <laughs> forever years. Right. You think that's exciting? No, but it's getting us to where we need to go, and you have to consistently do that. Right. Just like working out. You got to consistently go in first three times a week, you know, whatever. Well, you know, when I'm doing my, um, my talk this year for Perform Better, and I did it for a pro fit for Tim's group, 31 Ways to Ruin Your Fitness Business, and one of them is like, Go by, you know, trust feelings, not logic, mm -hmm. right? And that's another way, way to say that is like, uh, you know, I don't feel like doing it. It's like, if you think I still feel like doing the same marketing play or even coaching it, the the uh, cross-promotion, leverage the list, put stuff in their facility, right? Do an educational thing. Mm -hmm. And you could do that with five different companies. Well, it worked back then. It works right now. I, I, do you want to do it still? I no. I just want to do something else. It's exciting. Exactly. Just switch it up. Yeah, your squirrel brain, especially <laughs> if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, right? right? The discipline to stay the course and do the thing, right? And not jump to the new shiny thing every time it pops up is very similar to exercise. If you hop from one program to the other and you don't stick with something long enough, you're never going to see the fruits of it. Mm -hmm. So like to your point, I've been doing the same workout I've been doing for years, which is basically alloy programming. People always ask me like, what do you do? Like there's some other secret, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like I'm super jacked, but I'm in good shape for my age. And people will ask like, what do you do? Like it's something different. I'm like, I do alloy programming, push, pull, hip, knee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do but what core. do you do? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> same thing in business. Like yeah. if, if I give a talk and I say I do the basics well day in and day out. And I do so much volume of the basics that it would be undeniably crazy for me not to succeed. Inevitably, there's a line of people to ask me questions after and someone will ask, yeah, yeah, yeah. But same thing with fitness, <laughs> right? What's the real wait, secret? Wait, like I'm withholding some kind of secret. I'm like, right. I'm not. And anybody you talk to, because there's certainly a million people out there are much more successful than I am. Uh, we are. And they do the same thing. Like, they just did more of it for more time and maybe they had higher leverage opportunity than whatever you're currently in. That's it. And none of it came from anything other than the willingness to get up and do again, like our buddy um, Alex has always says, do the boring work. He sort of branded it, but it's true. There's so many ways to say that, right? But it's, it's that in fitness and it's the exact same parallel in business. If you're willing to get up and do the things that you know will move the needle forward that don't give you, you know, again, that instant gratification, which is point number one. You're going to be just fine, but you have to be disciplined to do it. No mm -hmm. one's going to make you do it. It's like that crazy, funny meme where the lady's like, no one's coming. No one's coming for you. No <laughs> one's coming to wake you up. Right. No one's coming to take you for a run. Right. It's on you to do it, right? 
and habits and, you know, structure. And I mean, you can strategically do some things that make it easier, sure. but at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's going to be discipline. Mm -hmm. Right. So number two, discipline number three is hard things. So showing up to the gym regularly, it's uncomfortable. You're, you're going to be, if nothing else, a little bit out of breath, you're going to be sweaty. You're going to put yourself through some physical strain, mm -hmm. right? That's hard. Mm -hmm. Well, same thing in business. I would say just because I've done exercise for so long and it's, it's an easier habit for me to stay disciplined around, that the harder thing is the business side. Now, when I talk about this again in the 31 Ways to Ruin Your Fitness Business, we talked about hard things have to be hard for you. And so um, when I was doing my talk at Tim's, I'm like, let me give you an example. Like if I say do hard things, the crowd that I'm talking to, which is a fitness related crowd, I don't want to hear that you got in a cold tub in the morning or that you do sauna or that you did a hundred mile race or that you did some really hard Murph CrossFit workout on, you know, Memorial day. Like, is that hard? Yes. But that is in your wheelhouse. You actually like that, right? Do something that's hard for you. And I will tell you the differences between fitness hard and entrepreneurial hard. They're different, right? So if you're scared of numbers, let's just say, the hardest thing for you to do would be to take a class to increase your business financial literacy, right? Sure. Take a Harvard course on, on numbers, right? Learn a little bit of accounting. You don't have to be an expert in it, but if you have a blind spot, yep. why don't you attack that instead of doing more things in the realm that you already like and then claiming that you do hard things? If those things don't cross over to the real hard things in your life, I don't think it counts. Does that make sense? Just run, Rick. Right. If you don't feel like it, just run. <laughs> right. Like I can, how many people do we know, like in my, you know, and in, in as many years as I've been in fitness, they almost hide in their fitness endeavors from the things in their life that they really need to handle. Like some people have shit relationships with their spouse or their siblings or their parents. And, and maybe those can't be repaired. But if you put some effort into figuring out why that might be the hardest work you have to do in your life, that's what you should be going after. Right. right? Not doubling down on extra hard fitness stuff that you've always loved to do anyway. And, it, right. and if anything, it's not that much of a stretch. It's not. And it could be an actual escape from the hardest things that you need to be doing. So when I say do hard things, that's what I mean. And we see that in fitness where you've got, um, you know, again, not as much in franchising now, but traditionally you might have a fitness enthusiast who gets into fitness. They're a good technician. They're not good at business because they don't want to do the business stuff. And when you, and when we were coaching a lot and you were helping me with like licensing, mm -hmm you would get on the phone with people and it wouldn't make any sense, right? It was like they could do really hard things over here, but they couldn't cross over and do the hard things in their business. And you're right. like, well, just apply the same logic that you do right. in your fitness to your business. But for some people, it's a blind spot. So I would say definitely it, it demonstrates that you're capable of doing hard things, but it's not going to manifest as itself the same way in your business unless you do really hard things. So make sure that – and same thing if you're a – how many of us know – in the fitness space, people that are very successful business people that have just terrible health, they're overweight, they're, they're, they're stressed, they don't sleep. It's like, okay, so their hard would be to start exercising. They've already nailed the business part. Right. And they might be uber successful, right? Yeah. They don't understand why those people that are not good in business don't get it either. Right. Exactly. <laughs> How do you get up and work out every day? How do you go to work every day? Right. And then, uh, yeah, exactly. The person in fitness is like, oh my God, I can't imagine, you know, that you can just sit and work all day every day. And right. then the person that does that's like, I could never work out. It's like, all right, so doing hard things, 
Yes, there's a parallel between fitness and business, but they're not necessarily connected. And I would just say that if you want to do hard things in your business, you're probably going to have to attack some areas that are very uncomfortable about you. Yeah. I mean, there's hard things, you know, in fitness, obviously people will do, and it'll show you that people are willing to go outside of their comfort zone. So if you can parlay that into your business side of things, like you said, it's going to make you grow whether you want to or not. Right. right. That's why you need to do it. I used to have this, uh, we had this scout when I was playing ball and he would always come out and talk, talk to all of us guys. And he'd be like, look guys, everybody wants to work on what they're already good at and work hard at that. You know, if you're fast, you just want to run the 60. If you throw hard, you just want to throw. But none of you guys are doing anything that you're not good at to get better. And that's how you get grown. That's how you get seen, right? So right. There's multiple facets in, say, baseball, business, whatever it is. Right. And you hear that, and that, that sounds like that could theoretically fly in the face of, like, again, remember the four questions. Like, ask your customers really what you're good at. Do more of that. That's different. We're talking about personal, yeah, like yeah. how you're organized personally. And so you're right. If you're just inherently fast, then running a 60 is not a hard thing. If you're like a great runner, running marathons comes very natural to you. If you're mm -hmm. a heavy set, you probably like lifting heavy things, right? Because right. That, that's how you're wired. I would say like, okay, if you want to be well-rounded in fitness, you need to do other things. If you want to be well-rounded in business. You've got to learn business. You've got to not just do fitness stuff, right? And that can be very difficult. It's scary, especially if you're good at one thing. Like if you if you're if your self efficacy tells you like I'm good in the fitness realm, I mm -hmm. do hard things that other people can't do. Mm -hmm. That is true. If you're running 100 miles or you're you know doing crazy workouts, you're probably doing a lot of things that a small percentage of the population can do. Mm -hmm. Check. But it's not going to help you in this other arena unless you take the lessons learned and they cross over. Yep. And you got to do that. You got to remember being a beginner exerciser. What did that feel like? You got to almost take the lens of that successful business person who starts working out with you. How uncomfortable are they? And how much do they not like it? Mm -hmm. That's going to be you in their world. But you, it's necessary if you're going to marry the two together. Yep. Right. Anything else you can think of? No, that was great. So those are the parallels, you guys. Delayed gratification, check. You got to exhibit discipline, check. So it beats motivation every single time. And then you've got to be able to do hard things, and you've got to be able to do hard things for you. And they got to be specific to where your blind spots are. That's it. Yes, sir. Hi, right, brother. Good stuff. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the alloy systems. Also, leave us a five star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.